Well, uh, <laughs> I, I think I know how this works. Oh, it's on. I did it. Okay. Hey, it's Jake. It's episode 164. I knew the number. This is the podcast. You're you're listening. I'm doing it in the green room of the Acme Comedy Club. But that's where I am right now. But that's not where I am going to be by the time you leave your house after you listen to this. Unless you do it right now. you got to do it right now. I'm in Minneapolis right now. But it's probably too late. It's probably too late for you to go to that. You need to get tickets to come to Detroit March 3rd through 5th. I'm at the Comedy Castle in Detroit, Michigan. And then I'm going to Australia. Don't forget, I've told you about this before. So you should have bought your ticket to Australia already, your plane ticket. <laughs> There's plenty of show tickets, but plane tickets, that's going to be your real problem. Um, and then I'm coming to Washington, D.C. and uh, San Francisco, Seattle, Des Moines later in the year. Go to jakethis.com and check my schedule. I should have played the music underneath that, but I forgot. That's how busy I am because <laughs> this week's episode, I've got to get... She's right here. I had to do that all while she was here. And I Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's Shannon Paul, my uh, uh, co-partner in the show this week. Yeah, right? I am very... I, I appreciate you sharing the stage with me and letting me warm up the crowd for you. Yeah, it's been nice. Well, mm -hmm. so far. Last yes. night was our first show, so it's Thursday while we're doing this but not while you're listening to this i know that i know it's not thursday because this isn't even going to come out until friday we've been over the time travel thing but last night's show it it's very doctor who meta yeah what we're talking about if they could go back in time and listen to us actually on thursday it could happen if they have a tardis something like that just some time i love, I love some continuing oh i love doctor who i love me doctor too. who mm -hmm. me too i'm a big doctor who we're big doctor who fans at my house if you love doctor who and you're going to love what I'm about to show. Okay, what do you have? You have a lot of pockets, though. <gasps> you have a sonic screwdriver. Yeah, That's a perfect. This is a little LED flashlight. Yes. My, my daughter doesn't know I have this. She's got the, <laughs> she's got the other one that makes sounds and everything. Ah, see, I don't, have, I don't have one of the sonic screwdrivers. I do have, um, on my refrigerator, I have a refrigerator magnet with the the 10 doctors on it. I have that one. I have not upgraded and gotten one with any of them since then. Well, that there's was the last been time now. I bought it. Yeah, so David Tennant was the yes. 10th doctor. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. My favorite before him, of course, was Tom Baker. And then, mm -hmm. if, I had yeah. to, if I had to rank him, like, who would I like before that? Then I would go to, it would be a tie between Peter Davidson and John Pertwee. Wow, if I had to go deep, to, like, three. Yeah. You're deep on yeah. the Doctor Who. Yeah, I love Doctor Who. I mean, if I go by my geekdom, then I'm... A Whovian first, then I jump over to Star Wars, mm -hmm. then I would go to like Lord of the Rings, and then I would end up on Star Trek. I think if you if you had a top four, you had to you do had all of that. Yeah. yeah, but that's sci-fi. Yeah, that's sci-fi. Yes, because I know that you've also got a zombie thing because that's how I you knew. You know what? I don't. I talk about zombies, but I don't, I'm not a fan of zombies. Like, I don't read zombie movies. I mean, zombie books. I don't watch The Walking Dead. For real? I don't. You know, I tried The Walking Dead. I don't watch Game of Thrones either, and people think it's weird that I don't watch those two shows. And you know why? I don't watch them because they're too good at being violent, and so I don't find them entertaining, I guess is what it is. Because mm. I'm okay with, like cartoony violence but like game of thrones i just feel is kind of like emotionally abusive and so i don't like it's not fun to me that's what i mean it's not fun a, it's neat yeah. looking but it's just not i feel like it emotionally abuses its fans they get rid of everybody you like in those shows and it's always so sad and it's just mm. it's just it not my hurtful. fun it's not my my fun it's but, not fun to me but that's one of the good things about it because it makes it unpredictable that that one it's like nobody's sacred are we talking game but see that game i think it, i think it makes it predictable because if you like it and they're happy they're gonna die mm. that's why they're like hey you started to like this person well, they're gonna die somebody who doesn't watch it you know a lot about you it. know what i do because i like geeky stuff so i keep track of a bunch of shows that i don't watch i'll still read like all of the blogs and the recaps of stuff i just don't actively watch the show and my thing about game of thrones what i do watch is that there's a funny or die series called gay of thrones and it's hilarious and i watch that oh, and then well, and then if i can time. watch gay i don't have a lot of but if i watch if i watch gay of thrones i will watch then i'll go and i'll speed like fast forward through the episode and watch it with like my fingers covering part of my face because i know it's going to be sad or something so i watch it that Wait, way. now does Gay of Thrones do an episode per episode? Yeah, so parody? they do little recaps and it's a and it's a guy who's supposed to be a hairdresser that recaps what's going on in the series. And so oh, it's really fun. Good. Mm -hmm. Hey, awesome. hey. Mm -hmm. 
Good. I, I think it's a showcase thing tonight, so there's other comedians on the show, so mm -hmm. they're coming through. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this maybe wasn't the best night for us to do the podcast, <laughs> but that's the way it happens. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to say, though, that I thought because... I thought you were a fan of Walking Dead because you have a sword. I have sword, but I have swords before Walking Dead. I know, but one of the main <laughs> characters is, I, is Michonne, who right. I who I inherently look like because black women in sci-fi and fantasy stuff like that look like me. That's just like I am like the archetype. Well, of as, what they a, look as like. a not a black person, I don't feel like I'm even allowed <laughs> to say that black people look like another. Each I other. do, but I do look like her. I do, especially in the comic book version of it. I can't even act like I don't. And like, because my friend bought me mm -hmm. the action figure. So I do look like her. And I make jokes about that, how I look like her. I look like, remember when Terror from The Walking Dead, uh, from uh, um, True Blood was out? I look enough like Terror from uh, True Blood that people were uh, like, you look okay. like this. She could be your sister. And I'm like, I don't know if I think that's a compliment. Well, those are attractive women. You're attractive women. So it so. works, you know, and they, and they have braids and I have braids. So it's. Not right you know, now, though. No, but I used to have longer braids, and I, you know, so I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, so. see, ever since I saw Chris Rock's movie, the what's it called, Good Hair? Yes. I don't even understand <laughs> black women's hair. Yeah. I can't even, I, I know this, mm -hmm. I don't make enough money to have a black girlfriend. <laughs> you need to have a black girlfriend that's gone natural, because like when I don't wear my hair in braids, I wear an afro, so it is not cost prohibitive. Because I don't do all of the relaxers and the extensions and all of that anymore. Right. So, so what is this right now? Though? These are, they're actually called crochet braids. So they are a braiding style. So, mm -hmm. and I, and I get them done once a month and then I just spritz it, and fluff. And that is what but I do. It's complicated. What's it is complicated. On. It is, it is complicated. But if you look into the amount of time that it would take me to do my hair every day, I don't think that it's, yeah, I well, add it all, all I do is just combine it all into one visit and then. We're done for the month instead of getting up every day and doing all this stuff. So you just so, wake up every day and that's your thing. And I fluff it. And it is consistently messy. And you know what? Here's the, There are other good things about having a black girlfriend. Because one, we're very well moisturized. So you never have to worry about that kind of thing. Like I know all of the, all the, all the different moisture, moisturizing techniques that you would need so that you mm -hmm. can preserve this good skin. I can help you out with all that stuff. So. Yeah, well, I need some moisturizing techniques because I'm at an age now where sometimes I look at my skin and I was never a guy who was like, oh, my skin is, I need to worry about my skin. Right. But I'll look at it sometimes and it's starting to look crepey or dry. Right. Out, and it's like, oh, I got to put something on I can it. help you out with a good shea butter, some cocoa butter type techniques. Okay, I can help you out. So, so this is going to be a good. I'll drench post, you well. See, you'll be fine. Right. I don't want to be greasy though. That's my, that's, that's what you got to avoid. Right. right. You want something that will absorb in. Yes. Keep. And there are lots of techniques. Right. So I'll help you out. All right. I'll provide okay, some moisturizing good. tips for you. That's good. I'll be your moisture consultant. Is what I'll oh, be from now on. I don't even know if that was a job. <laughs> That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is all your jobs. But oh. now you just brought up another job, moisture consultant. That's the thing is that that's why I have so many jobs is that I keep volunteering. And people go, well, you have this skill. You should do this now. And I go, yeah, I'll do that too. Moisture consultant sounds like a job at like a department store where yes. you go into the cosmetic area and those ladies are trying to spray stuff on you or right. do, do whatever they do. That we, I can be moisture slash uh, fragrance consultant to Jake Johansson. What would you wear for moisture consulting? Would it be like, because sometimes when you go to the cosmetics thing at the department store, they've got on lab coats and yes. sometimes they look like supermodels and mm -hmm. sometimes they look like um, just girls from a music video. Yes. I think for the moisture consultant, I would want to look very official. So I would go with the lab coat. Yeah, you know, scientists. I, yes. I you know, right. I, I, yeah. Because then I it looks like right. I, you know, it looks like I went into some sort of moisture lab and came up with the proper products. Yeah. I would want some sort of gravitas yeah. with the moisture consulting. If you get the lab coat right, then you don't have to be showing people your paperwork all the time. Right. You know, when I come thing. up and I go, hey, I'm going to help you with your moisture, it sounds janky. So Yeah, they don't believe you <laughs> yeah, at no. first. They're like, well, let me see your license. Right. You know. Um, well, so you got a lot of jobs. That's Last night, that was the interesting thing to me because I knew you were on the show because yes. I saw you tweet about the show, but then I didn't recognize you because of your tweet. Anyway. <laughs> Because my avatar was so tiny. Right. Okay. So you're a comedian. Now you're going more full-time with your comedy and mm -hmm. more part-time with your radio job. Right. Because I work as a radio host at a music station. And what's your shift? I'm supposed to be on. I'm on... Right now I do nights. So 6 p.m. to midnight. Uh, and I do that live when I don't have shows. But I have shows a lot. Thank See, goodness. so that's bad because you've got shows. And also it's a little bit puts you in a 
Like you can't, and that's when other people who have regular jobs are, are having fun. Right. And so I'm on the radio going, I hope you're enjoying whatever awesome thing you're doing. You know, let me be your soundtrack while you're doing something awesome. That's and then good. I'm on the weekends too, because I, you know, so I'm not on the weekends as well. So when you're out doing fun mm -hmm. stuff, I'm <laughs> on the radio making jokes, you know, I'm like, and, and it's, you know, I get to play on the radio and play songs that I like, because we're the station that plays the Imagine Dragons Coldplay Mm -hmm. uh, cage the elephant you know those things the best radio to me would be either the what's the one that comes right after the morning show the like nine that midday nine o'clock yeah to like two. nine two yeah that's you know, so middays is good or the two to six seven yeah, yeah that seems like seven. that seems like the sweet one because then you get to leave right and you can go nuts at night with your mm -hmm. friends and sleep in and you're still going to be able to make it to work because i used to do mornings and mornings is rough because just, mornings, yeah, you have to get up at ridiculous hours of the morning to get there and you need to have your brain actually function. So it's not that you're awake. You actually have to be able to think first thing in the morning. So that's hard. And so that you can talk about stuff that normal people do, you kind of have to be up at night a little later than what you would want to be anyway. Because you still have to watch all of the American idols or uh, all of the stuff that normal people uh, do or go out. You have to have a life. Otherwise, what are you going to talk about first no, thing in the morning? It. So it's hard to have a life. And be on a morning show. But I don't feel like that American Idol. That's not really a life. I mean, I just, <laughs> if I had to watch all the Bachelors, I would lose my mind. I used to call it, there were certain shows that I would I would hate watch. Where I needed to watch uh -huh. them, but they wouldn't have been something that I really watched. And Bachelor's a good example. Like, I wouldn't have watched The Bachelor. But I know so many people watched it that I would get in the rhythm of watching it so that I could go... Even if I'm just going, why do you guys like the show? And I could actually just talk about it and have an opinion. But like that show, when I have watched it, because I was going on morning radio and that's what they were talking about. So I wanted to, or people are talking about it. So you want yeah. to see what it's about. So you check it out. It's like out of the hour long show, you know, 20 minutes are commercials. And then probably there's another 20 minutes of, hey, when we get back to the commercial, this, from <laughs> yeah. the com this is going to happen. Oh, okay. This is what happened before the commercial. There is there a place where if you're a morning radio person, you can go and just find out the five minutes of what happened on the show so you can pretend, you can There are, it? yeah, there are some services out there that that's what they do is they spend all their time just collecting clips. And I think the other thing that helped is when DVRs got so popular is that I could just record a bunch of these things and then watch them on fast forward. Like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll mm -hmm. go and listen to that. And so, and every, you know, I what I got really good at, because I do this, I still do this now with a bunch of TV shows, is that there's always somebody who's super into it, who does a really good recap. And so you just figure out who's really good at summarizing it. Mm -hmm. And then you just read that and then you know which parts to really pay attention to sometimes because you can't watch everything it's too much oh i can't watch it i couldn't even get started to watch the kardashian stuff just <laughs> to understand what people were mad about yeah. i was already mad <laughs> before i watched it and there's so much now like i think reality tv i mean it's so broad and there's so many shows and and no matter what kind of voyeuristic tendency you have there's a show for you now so if you're not into the Kardashians, then maybe you're a Duck Dynasty person, or maybe you're a Pawn Star person, or you really want to watch 18 and Counting. There's so many reality Wait, shows that okay, are out what's there. what's 18 and Counting? 18 is Counting. It might be 19 and Counting by now. It's the one about their, there's a family called the Duggars, and they just have oh, they a, keep too many children. kids. I think they, they, quit, I think they got a divorce they or something, finally, right? they, Well, there was a bunch of drama with some of the, like with one of the sons, Mm -hmm. And so that's why the show ended up getting on hiatus is because he like there was some actually it was really bad there was some molest some some molestation accounts and some other stuff that might have happened in the family with one of the sons and so that show got booted of the dad or the mom was molesting no it sounds like one of the one of the, the, one of the kids had some issues and oh. it turned out that they just threw him in like you know nineteen accounting rehab way back when he was a, a kid versus mm -hmm. him ever getting prosecuted and it was. It was really one of those how the mighty have fallen because he was so outspoken about some uh, conservative religious things that when his story started to blow up, people were like, ha, see, we got you because we oh. like to see people make mistakes. So. We do. I don't mm -hmm. know what's up with us. Too much reality. I feel like all of those shows, like I already have friends and I can just gossip about my friends. I don't right. need to watch a TV show about some other people who I don't like as much as my friends. But isn't that, I think that's part of it, is that people like to be able to go, I know so much about them, it's like they're my friends. And mm -hmm. then you can talk to your actual friends and go, see, you're just like her. 
or here's what you do that's like this other person. And so you get to see yourself in this weird fantasy version of what you do on a regular basis. Yeah, I guess. But then that seems scary to me because now you're comparing, you're holding your life up against this reality show, which we all know is not real. Right. They're picking the craziest people ever. And then you're judging yourself or your friend is judging you based on how you compare to that person who's a made up person. Right. And then people are now imitating the behavior of people that they see on these fake shows. And yes. so real people are starting to act more fake. <laughs> it's it's creeping me out. And I like, I think it's funny too, because social media has made that more important because there's people who are just YouTube stars and there's people that are famous just for being famous now which didn't used to happen so it's interesting in LA I don't know if they have billboards here but in LA they have billboards that show a per a, a YouTube star and how many followers they have and then you so if you're me you're driving by and you go I don't know that person and then you go home and you watch their YouTube and then you try and figure out well how are they famous because I would love to be more I'd right. like to have just, I, I want people to come to the show because yeah. that's what I'm trying to do is get people to come to the comedy show. But they're trying to just get people to watch them on YouTube so that then what are they going to do later? Because then they get paid for it. Because if you get enough people that follow you mm -hmm. and enough people that listen to you, I mean, there's some of these people that are so, so popular in their little fan base that they make a bunch of money from being YouTube stars. I want to believe that that's possible, but I don't think it's true. It's not everybody. I think but you there make a micro fraction of a penny for every time someone I watches the ad. And who's who's watching? It's if I can stop watching the ad in five seconds, <laughs> I stop watching. And if it's like, hey, you got to watch this whole thirty-second ad to watch this YouTube thing, I'm like, no, I don't. Right. I don't because well, I can. I'm gonna go watch a thing right on. And everybody doesn't have to do it, but there's people that like in the gaming genre. There's this guy who has millions and millions of hits every time he does a video. So not only does he get the revenue from that, but then he's the one that gets you know he gets speaking fees now and he gets mm. you know, blog. So you end up being famous in your little world. Right. There's there was a, a, another thing. There were people that were for follow because uh, one of the things that was really big is that there was a bunch of people who were really good at call they were called haul videos and they still do them so those shopping haul videos yeah, they come so you home just from go shopping and, and they show what you they what they got right and so there's a bunch of those you know women that are super popular right now because they're really good at going here's all the stuff i got and i laid it out on my bed and i'm going to show you and it's just it seems like they're not making the world better <laughs> that is not but making what's the world better, better. They're not necessarily hurting the world, though, so I guess you got to give no, them No, no, I mean, I guess so, but I just feel like, look, we're, we're already making more stuff than we can use, and people are throwing away stuff that they haven't even worn, and it's right. like, look, i got to get busy watching. Now I'm watching someone else shop, shop so that I can go buy more so that I know what to buy. It <laughs> just, it seemed, I don't know, I guess maybe I'm old. What time do you have to get up in the morning to be a radio, morning radio person? Uh, when I used to do morning show, I would get up at four. I would get up at four o'clock. See, that's later than a lot. I, yeah, a lot of I know some friends get up at like 3, 3, 3, 30. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we started at 6. And so I would get up at 4 and I happen to live really close to the radio station. So mm -hmm. I'd get as much as I could get done the night before. So since I did the entertainment news, I would kind of try and pre-write things as much mm -hmm. as possible. So when I got up, I just had to see if anything, if any new information had come out. And then I would fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. Where if I knew that it was a Wednesday morning, okay, I'm going to talk about American Idol, so I'll fill in a template, and then I would actually watch it and then fill in the blanks on some of those things. So I just kind of got good at some cheats, mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't have to do my hair. So I'm like, plus I'm like, I'm just going to go to work. I'm just going to go to work and get See, there. In the morning, I have a conversation with my wife at breakfast, mm -hmm. and so I was telling her the other day about Taylor Swift won the award, and then she called out Kanye, Kanye West, West. Mm -hmm. and Kanye had written a song about the last time when he stole her thunder when she won the... My wife didn't know about any of it. Ah. She didn't know about the first thing. So then between the morning and the afternoon, she went back and watched what Kanye did when he hogged the mic and wouldn't let her talk when she won the first time. And uh, so she was outraged about it years after it ever <laughs> happened. So I'm living in a little bit of a time warp. But it seems to me... And Kanye's back in the news right now. He's been really just, just acting super crazy since he's got this new album that's come out. He's, he's a, done a he's, lot. He's kind of a terrible person, it seems like to me. You know, and I have friends that are uber Kanye fans because they think he's such a great artist. And they're like, they love his clothing line and all this stuff. I'm very over the Kanye drama. I, I do feel like I don't care how creative you are after a, a point. You know, yeah, maybe it's okay that your art's fine, but... 
he does seem like a miserable person and a super narcissist. And I, I don't think he seems like a pleasant person. I agree with you. I think it's okay to think that you're awesome, but to step on somebody else's moment like that is like, boy, that just makes you such a jerk that mm -hmm. I kind of don't care uh, does your wife do Twitter? Awesome you are. Yeah, she does. Okay, then make her follow him on Twitter and she'll get mad all the time. Because he goes off on tirades all the time on Twitter. He'll go off on these rants and get in these fights with people. He's fascinatingly awful on Twitter. So she should follow at oh, Kanye good. on Twitter. Yeah, it'll give her something to do. Because then she'll come to you, Jake. She'll be like, oh my God, did you see what Kanye said? Look what he just said. And so it was just, it'll be, she'll, it'll give you something to talk but about. I feel breakfast. like that's what we're trying to not do. We're trying to stop paying attention. To, that's what I'm saying is why do people keep paying attention to him? And I think it's because he's so terrible yeah. because he's just kind of despicable and people love to watch that yeah i mean and it is the minute you kind of get on his side then he'll come back and do something that why did you do that because you know like he randomly would tweet something about you know he'll get in a fight with somebody or he'll randomly say a bunch of stuff about how bill cosby was you know was innocent like out of the blue just said something and mm. he hadn't been talking about cosby at all all of a sudden one day tweeted that cosby was innocent and then went back to talking about shoes or something like that. And it's like, somebody needs to take Kanye's Twitter. Cause, just cause tell he him just, to cut he's it out, stream of consciousness, which I think is interesting because his wife is so controlled with her social media brand. That whole She's family which is. which Kardashian is she? Kim. She's the most Kim. famous one, right? Yes, yes. And so she's controlled? She, on Twitter, I mean, their social media presence is very structured and controlled in comparison to what Kanye does. Like they are, they are a machine of we are famous for being famous, and very seem they seem very calculated in their tweets and their Instagram accounts, and they have a ton of mm -hmm. followers, and that is their brand. And so they seem very, very calculated with their brand as far as social media goes. Yeah, Kanye seems more like he's doing a Dennis Rodman kind right. of crazy, Loose just can. like out of his mind. We don't know. He's he might go to North Korea. <laughs> And do he something. He, if anybody was gonna do, yeah, I could see him doing mm -hmm. it. You're right. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're a, you're a comedian. You're a morning radio show host. And no, I'm a night radio show night, host. Night, now, now, now you're night. night. Now well, night, you, well night. you've done a lot of radio time. Yes. Mm -hmm. The best time though is afternoon drive, right? That's that the best is true. time for your life. And that's what a lot of people are listening now. Like a lot of the ratings went to afternoon drive when people are stuck in their cars and there's less competition because in the morning not only can they listen to the radio they can watch uh, you know all of the morning tv shows and stuff now so it's harder that's that's just a lot more competitive now than it used to be well and i don't know why it's just the radio seems to be crazy because they keep trying to play music and it's like look i can already listen to music mm -hmm. i want to listen to people talk that's why i think people are listening to radio because they don't understand how to get podcasts <laughs> Um, Maybe. <laughs> you want to listen to talking. This is talking. It's nonstop. And if you want to listen to personalities, like I'm very fortunate because the radio station that I work at, they are locally owned and really pushing personalities right now. So mm -hmm. I get to talk more than a lot of music stations do and say goofy right. stuff. And, you know, and I try to make sure that I say things that are memorable. You know, I might say some goofy joke. I am not out there doing, you know, I'm not the I'm not the musicologist super smart one, but I'll talk about pop culture because I am fascinated by this stuff, and I'll make goofy jokes, and then I'll go into the song. Well, so. when I was a kid, I thought all radio personalities were experts on the kind of music that their radio station plays. But nowadays, it seems it's like harder. They it's can harder. switch the format and keep you. Whether yeah. you know anything about the music? Or I've not. been on a lot of different. You know, I I happen to know a lot about the format that we play right now. What is um, it? But you learn. So we're a modern alternative station. So we we play alternative rock music. So I like this music. So I know a lot about it and keep things in my brain about all these bands. But there's a lot of bands. So I can tell you now the Strumbellas are from Canada and they do this and they do that. You know, because you the Chabelle Strumbellas. They're Strumbellas. New one. They have a song called Spirits. That's a, 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 a it's 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 a new hit right now. So it's, okay, it's the Strumbellas Spirit. Let's Spirits. have two more songs. Spirits. Uh huh. Two more songs that I think are big. That are gonna yeah, be yeah, big. Yeah, yeah, like. Um, um, I really like. There's a band called X Ambassadors. The song that was big that you would probably know before is they had a song that was in every commercial and all over the place called Renegades last year. They have mm -hmm. a new song out right now called Unsteady. That's my favorite song that we play right now. It's a it's a love song with a lot of high notes. So X Ambassadors, Unsteady, and then let's see what else do I think you'd like? Um, there is. I like that you're picking ones that you think I would like. Yes, because mm -hmm. we've known each other for a day now. Yes, yeah, so I'm like I think but you, you got an idea. Yeah, you got yeah, an idea. Think, what yeah. I like. So so I'm like I think you would like them because they're a really good band. And then 
Um, I would suggest to you there's let's see we'll pick another band like I feel like you would like bands better than me just going okay here's this one popish type song so well I'm I don't know bands. exactly how to even decide for myself what I like my favorite thing is New Orleans I love going to New Orleans and I like a lot of the music that's current music but from down there okay. but I feel like it has to connect back to roots music like blues or soul or early rock and roll that kind of okay stuff i like that i like voices i do like vocal okay singing okay then you then you know then x ambassadors is still good you know and they're from that you know so you'll still like them and then i think then so do you remember so this song came out the lumineers came out they had that song called hey ho that came out it was a little folksy they have a new album that's coming out uh, and I think they count a little bit more bluesy. So they have an album that's going to com be coming out in April called um, Cleopatra. And so I was the, thinking of things. So the I think Lumineers? Like the, the Lumineers. Yes, the Lumineers. So Man. I feel like you should look up the Lumineers. I, I can't. Like I haven't even been able to. I'm going to have to listen to this show again to absorb what you just said. <laughs> I'll tweet him. I'll tweet you. So you can just okay, find him out of one uh, place. I'll tweet all the links to you. Good. So you <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll help you out. That's so nice of you. So nice of you. Um, See, and that's another job I can have now. I will be your musicologist. Music helper. So you're so your moisture expert. Well, not just expert. me. I mean, once you're putting it out there on the internet, you're helping everyone. Yeah. So I think so. I mean, because I do, I really am a fan of, I mean, I when I was in high school, I was a lot more emo than I am now. So I was a lot more into these bands that were very emotional bands, very shouty rock groups and, and, and mm -hmm. that I like now. And so now I, I really like... Um, I like those singer songwritery groups right now, though. But I also like, you know, I like people that have to pull out a guitar and 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 actually sat down and came out with some lyrics and, and well, so that I they could make the music themselves. Yes, so it's not just all a, yes. a computer or the right. And I'm, you know, and I and I appreciate what these, you know, these electric dance music so these EDM artists do because a lot of them are really good. And but I I like bands you know so mm -hmm. I, even gitchy bands like mumford and sons and you know i'm still a big fan of foo fighters and gitchy? foo fighters gitchy yeah now what's so gitchy mean i think i count i count gitchy is like um like when mumford and sons came out they were very they they had a very specific style like this very kind of old-timey, banjo-y, mm -hmm. jangly style, which they kind of moved away from recently because now they're like, no more banjos, we're done with the banjos. So they don't have any banjos anymore. But you're never done with the banjos. I, I missed like... the banjos. I was very I was a big fan of their jangly, banjo-y style. So, but now they're doing more big uh, rock group stuff. Like they sound a lot more like the Foo Fighters to me now than they used to because they got mm -hmm. rid of the banjos. But, you know, how can you, you can't, you know, the uh, the Foo Fighters have been making great music for a really long time. And yeah, their new have. album that they just came out with, which just came out, they did, um, they have a new album called St. Cecilia. And they did it when they were in Austin, Texas, over at the St. Cecilia Hotel. And it's great. You know, it's great to like do this album together. And it's really good, solid. Foo Fighters style music that if you're a fan, you're going to get everything you want and more mm -hmm. on this album. Yeah, they're not trying to reinvent something. No, because they're good at what they do and that'll be fun. And I think that, you know, sometimes you, if you're a band like them, you can, it's such a classic, but it's a, it's a timeless style. So they're still fine. When you have some bands that are coming out with new music, like Red Hot Chili Peppers says they're coming out with a new album. But they're trying to go a little bit more direction, and they have one of these DJs, this guy named DJ Danger Mouse, that's producing it. So I'm curious to see well, how it goes. He's the guy from Gnarls uh, Barkley. Yes, right? exactly. See, I don't, uh, it's not that I don't know anything. It's not that I don't know anything. I know some things. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how that goes, because it's going to be a different direction. So is it going to be a good thing, or are you going to feel like it's kind of a train wreck? You don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know. I like the Chili Peppers, but they're not for everybody. No. But I feel like they've got a thing that they're doing. Yes. You know? That, that why would you why would you try and do a different thing when you and already I, got that thing? I like the Chili Peppers, but they're one of those people that I feel like I know a lot of their songs, but I don't really know any of the lyrics. Like I really don't know what they're saying. I have no idea what Anthony Kiedis says. I don't what know. What I got you got to get it, put it in you. That's the only lyrics I yeah, know. Well, I know what I know what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know most of the words to their songs. Like I just. It's a lot of just yeah, yeah. noises, you know, kind of thing. I'm not singing along to every word yeah, of they a Red Hot some, Chili Peppers yeah. song. They do some, yeah, well, they've got a couple of m melodic ballady things, and then they've got some shouty, yes. 
like maybe we're gonna fight or maybe <laughs> not. Maybe we're just gonna just wrestle. Headbutt, headbutt it could turn a into bit. sex. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. If somebody's getting arrested. That's what I know. That you just sure. hope it's not you. Let's yeah, well, that's what I always hope. <laughs> not in the moment. Sometimes you don't. I mean, I feel like when you're at your best, you don't care if you're the one who gets get arrested, arrested or not. I mean, when you're having your most fun, it's not a good way to turn yourself loose. But it can if happen. the story turns into, and then we got, and then we were in jail, then we got okay arrested. With that. All yeah. right. Well, I try to, I try to fade to black before I end up arrested. Like I will stay at a party until I'm like, and then things went super crazy, and I don't want to be there once it went super crazy. Yeah, it's good to know when to pull the ripcord. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's going to get arrested, or you're going to have to testify in court. Right. Like, you're not I don't want to do arrested, that either. I don't want to be there. You're going to have to testify when that person no, goes to trial. No, and I think I've done a good job of that so far in my life. Well, congratulations. Like, most of it. And then, and I'm like, oh, and then what happened? Yeah, I wasn't there for that part. No, I, I missed that good, <laughs> good, good to get out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, okay, so then your third job, which you told me you had just gotten back from yesterday. Oh, yeah. Was to, you described it as diversity training? Yes, and so I do cultural sensitivity training and how do you get qualified for that um the way i got qualified for it is i basically had a lot of um jobs in that fortune 100 companies and came from a marketing background and i've just had a very a, a varied uh broad group of experience working for a bunch of different companies um and so uh what i do is basically go based upon what I've done for the last mm-hmm. 20 years of jobs, here are some ways that you can try to avoid some pitfalls with dealing with these cultural situations. Um, well, because you're diverse. Right. You're and a diverse so, person. Yeah, and I've, you know, and I've worked for a lot of different Which companies. Which is a funny, I mean, I, I know, it is a joke, you say but... that. Yeah, but it is, because I happen to be, in, and, and, it, and that's really what it is. And so I'm just, when I, and, and my perspective on it, because I'm not a professor, you know, I'm a person that's had these jobs and have had to deal with certain situations. What I try to do is, as I say, I, I try to free you from feeling like you're an ist. Just because you make a mistake doesn't mean that you're a racist or a sexist or any of those things automatically. You just put your foot in your mouth and everybody does it. And here's some ways that you can maybe avoid that or why Mm. it might be good for you to go out and learn some history about other cultures or how you can feel a little bit better asking somebody a question so that you know who they are as a person instead of just going by stereotypes. Right. Or, or, Or recognizing that you've got a stereotype going on in your mind and you don't even know that you have that exactly and i think that that's a you know when we start talking about first world problems that's a luxury that we get to have is that if it hasn't dealt with you immediately then you just haven't had to sit there and think about it sometimes well and rules the rules change all the time like like you said earlier a black person Mm -hmm. and that that's been the word that's been the one for forever right but now there's this african-american thing right and i which i teeter because because i'm just old enough that i'm still cool with black but some of my counterparts are not so but i i don't want to be afraid of the word black like for instance i was listening to um i was listening to people on entertainment uh entertainment weekly radio and they were talking about the new star wars movie that was getting ready to come out so this was just before star wars uh the force awakens came out and they were talking about john boyega the one of the main characters in it and they kept saying well yeah it's so great because they have an african-american as a primary character an african-american african-american i'm like he's not african-american he's british you can just well, right. say black you know and so i you know i it's well, like that's... you're so scared of the word mm-hmm. sometimes well because they feel like look i'm trying to just say the right thing based on what people who fit that description exactly. want me to say. Right. But yeah, like Idris Elba, he's not an African-American. No. Yeah. Um, my daughter, I was reading her a story. She's 11. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, kids that age in California, they just don't have, she, we were talking about Hairspray and she was talking about one of the characters in Hairspray who has that, she goes, she's got that thing where um, she doesn't, think black people are the same as other people and I go what do you mean racism she goes yeah she's got that, that like thing, it's a yeah. disease like it's yeah. a disease that she has <laughs> not that it's a choice or a and I like that because that's the whole point is that things change over time I appreciate the fact that my younger sister the one that's 25 doesn't have like the same I call it a monkey sensitivity like I still don't like monkeys and if somebody like call my little like you know because I still have that 
I remember when people were still saying that people were porch monkeys and all these other things. Because I but so just, you don't even like mon- monkeys. I, yeah, I get I get really tense. Like if somebody, this is how bad I am. Like I had somebody give. <laughs> Um, I was going to put one of those little leash backpacks on my kid. I didn't think I'd be that mom, but then I had that kid. And I'm like, yeah, I want one of those leash backpacks. Because they can just go. You right, can and so I'm like, and it. I have a kid that will take off, you know, and he's not as bad anymore. But this is cause this was a few years ago. So one of my coworkers was going to bring me their old leash backpack, and it was a monkey. And I'm like, I can't put a monkey on my little biracial baby. My baby's pretty much black. I'm not doing that. I'm not putting a monkey on it. But my friend didn't know that I was going to have this monkey sensitivity or anything. They're just going, yeah, little kids are monkeys and they climb. And then I'm like, yeah, but you can't call a little black kid a monkey at all because it's kind of racist. Well, but my sister wouldn't think that because she's so much younger than I am. And I think that that's good. And I, I try really hard to as much as I can free myself as things evolve and they change because mm-hmm. that's what you want you want things to get you know better and broader and sometimes they don't change quickly enough but they are changing and you know and you try to continue to to, to work yeah, towards yeah. progression well but yeah but i was more talking about just the mistakes that you can make mistakes that right. don't even really feel like a mistake that now and then with all the uh, the sexuality stuff going oh, on oh yeah there's lots of lbg yeah cisgender right so, i mean there's just all these new ways of kind of categorizing people i have a friend and she says that her daughter quote-unquote daughter is gender fluid now so we have to kind of deal with that and i kind of talk to them about that as well so she's you know or she's pansexual is what she's saying so she's just looking for the right person altogether she doesn't identify as one particular thing and so it is mm-hmm. a constantly changing landscape and and i tell people sometimes that you got the memo that something was appropriate but you didn't get the email that now it's no longer is like um some of my my mom's husband when uh I had my little boy, they were like, oh, it's so great. He's so beautiful. And, you know, I've always thought that mulatto kids were great. So he still thought that mulatto was a technical term that was acceptable. He didn't know that it was slang and derogatory, you know. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and that was just, you know, he came from a small town here in the Midwest and just didn't know. He thought that it was the right word to say. What is the right word? I use biracial. Biracial. (laughs) You know, know, so, you know, definitely not mulatto, but I use biracial. Um, And there's other people that probably would not necessarily use that either. I will, I just want to be able to teach him when he gets my sons, when he teach over, just check everything. Because by now you're a little bit of everything. Just check every box. Well, I feel every like box. that's where just we're headed. Boxes. We're headed towards all everybody's everything, yeah, right? Because you know, so we all started it. out as the same, not maybe not Adam and Eve, but we all started out as from, we all come from the same. Right. Bunch. And then we branched out and now we are moving back into, you know, mm-hmm. we are, we, you know, and, and I think that that's a good thing too. Like I, if people ask me, I, you know, yeah, okay, I say I'm black, but I'm technically Creoles, so which just means that, you know, our boat probably came through the West Indies, you know, kind of thing. Well, we got like, traded for rum instead of. I always thought Creole was a kind of a a southern southern way of saying biracial or multi. I say, you know, I'm like this weird French stew kind of, but I, but I don't over identify as that because it's, I'm fine with, I happen to be fine with, I'm black. It's okay. I'm not, I present black. I'm fine with it, but I, you know, it's, I'm But you you like alt indie alt music right yeah, yeah. You so know? and i read a lot of comic is. books and you know and you know i you know i'm super into sci-fi for you know and everybody it's like well what do you that's why i try to do more that's why i call it cultural sensitivity because cultural circles are so much broader like i make my determinations based upon a lot more than the fact that i happen to be black or i happen to be a woman or i happen to be from this part of the country there's a lot of things that go into the stew that help me decide how i'm going to interact with other human beings on a daily basis and that's just life that's i think that's true of everybody and Mm -hmm. that's the thing you got to remember it's like you can't figure somebody out just by looking at their skin right or their clothes or or hearing them talk for a minute you got to know them a while right figure out who they are. And so if you don't feel comfortable asking me questions, then where does that start? And it's all, I mean, that's where people get uncomfortable. You don't like talking to strangers, but. Well, and sometimes people's questions, I, I feel like maybe in the Midwest, it's it's different because like my parents, I don't think know that they know very many gay people. You Probably. Know, because that's just not a thing that they've talked to anybody 
right. about. That's not a thing that their generation would talk to anyone about. Right. So then they would have questions that would be to a person who was gay, like, really? Do I have to explain? Every- this is all private things that you're never going to see happen. Right. Why do you need to know the answer and to that? And I... I understand that you get tired of people prying into what your perspective is, but I also try to feel a little bit honored that they're bothering to ask because that means that they're trying to get to know me as a person, not just go by a generalization or a stereotype. And so I try to go, well, what's their motivation for asking? Mm-hmm. Even though they might have done it poorly, <laughs> like, but but at well, least they're trying. Or like you know. as a comedian, you know, you're just kind of tired of explaining. Like this is, do can do you get paid? Can you make a living? Do you always work with the same time guys? Right. Do you How do you write come your up own with material? Your jokes? Right, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so they got the same questions, but to them, they they're curious. They don't realize. Look, everybody asks you that question, and you can find out the answers to those things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a lot of jobs. <laughs> You're a busy person. So, but is that now is the, is that, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember what you called it because it's not the cultural diversity, sensitivity cultural stuff. sensitivity cultural, training. Cultural sensitivity. Is that a, is that a kind of a independent contractor thing that you oh, get those definitely. gigs when they come along or do you have somebody who dispatches you on that? Um, I have a, that's one of, one of my, my agent that I do my corporate comedy do. They have some, uh, guest uh, i mean they have some keynote speakers and that mm-hmm. do different that all speak on different topics so i'm one of the people that does that so that's usually where that comes up have you ever got high because i've had like i'll go and MC somebody's event or sometimes they just want you to do stand-up and right. sometimes they do a combo have you ever got hired where you're doing a diversity thing and then you're doing a stand-up that wouldn't not work. stand up really no work. i usually yeah so normally i'm either speaking on something and i still do i mean because i'm still like i said i'm not a professor so i still do i try to be funny about it right so i still be funny i'm still funny about it but it's usually mc and comedy it's not mc and then she did this Mm -hmm. that not very often at least not yet and you're a parent of a young boy right now so you have a lot of stuff going on what's your dream what's your dream like we're having a conversation right now let's say i see you in five years what do you hope um, is going on with you then? I really want... I mean, I, I had a friend tell me, okay, well, what do you want your day to, to, to look like? And so I really appreciate the fact if I can, in five years, what I'm doing is hanging out with my son, working on the... the because the, since he has autism, I do a lot of stuff with like the Autism Society of Minnesota and things like mm-hmm. that. So being able to be an advocate for other families that have kids that are on the autism spectrum and do my comedy. And so if I was spending the majority of my time doing those two things in five years, I think I'd be really happy, you know, because those are two things that are, I'm very passionate about. And that would be, if I could champion those two things, I think that that would be pretty fulfilling. Well, I would think that you, just like your comedy skills help you with the cultural awareness that could also be a real tool to help you with the, the autism. Oh, definitely. You know, to talk to people and to be, you know, to be of service to help explain things or your journey or what. Because it really is one of those things. Like if you're, some days, if you can't laugh at things, you would just cry all the time. Because there's just mm-hmm. stuff that you get these weird situations. But you know, he's my, you know, he is my heart and my joy. And but he is a lot of work, you know. But mm-hmm. he is, and he is an adorable, you know. We have complimentary malfunctions, thank goodness. And, you know, he is my adorable little, you know, buddy. So Well, they always talk about the spectrum when they talk about... Because it's all over that. the place. There's some things that you see that are, are commonalities that you mm-hmm. have with kids around spectrum. But everybody's different. And most of the stuff I deal with, I deal with seven, seven-year-old problems through a magnifying glass. You know, he's pissed because I won't give him more soda, you know, kind of mm. thing. He's mad because well, I can't... that's a seven-year-old problem. Yeah, I'm, I have a... seven-year-old problems that have that might be manifest slightly different, but does it's several problems. Does he have a thing that he, my, my wife had, had a friend that before they realized that their son was on the spectrum, mm-hmm. he had this thing where he would, on his way home from preschool, he would always want to stop in the, um, uh, the, the it, it's a flower shop, but they have plants. They have yeah. all kinds of plants and he could name them and he knew all their Latin names. Like he, that was his, thing Mm -hmm. and he just knew all of these latin names and they would ask him about them and he wanted to get a book about them and once he got the book he could just memorize them all and he had a that was that was his thing yeah 
So does your son have He's a in thing? the trains right now. I mean, he's still in the trains, you know, kind of thing. Trains and cars, and we'll see what else he ends up being. Does, I don't he, know, does he have books of trains? He has lots of books of trains. Yeah. He has books of trains. He has lots of videos of trains. He's super into trains right now. So, and I always think that's interesting because it's so hard because they're the young. He doesn't have a for sure thing yet, you know, other than just... By thing, I meant like an interest. No, I know, yeah. And it's just kind of like sometimes it's really hard to tell because they just switch. But his favorite, you know, thing that he's super into right now is still trains. And that's interesting. And so, and I'm just uh, at that point that, you know, he was, I used to say that he was nonverbal because he didn't talk a lot. So you still had to use that designation. Now I call him non-conversational. So I'm getting more words and that's what we work on is, is, Mm -hmm. you know, how is he going to communicate and how do we use, if it's not regular language how else does he is he going to be able to how else can he communicate what his wants and needs are and that's you know that's been our one of our little challenges that we work on right Mm -hmm. now and he's gotten a lot better and that's um opened up some doors for him so we practice a lot and you know practice going places and how do we self-regulate when we're out and about and how do you what self-regulate like how do we so i just you know i just try to make sure that i give him I'm just pouring information into him for when he's a teenager and then we'll see how he ends up turning out right right well that's all kids yeah right that's mm-hmm. how you just hope my friend said you're downloading software until they're about 12 maybe 13 mm-hmm. and then you just hope you did a good job because yeah. then it all starts to work and they integrate what you've been telling them and they got their own ideas right and you hope you got them off to a good start and i think especially kids on the spectrum you're really just you know you're you're looking at the long game like how are they going to be able to function long term Mm -hmm. what's going to make them happy and that's that's what we work on is that i'm very fortunate i have a very you know a happy kid that i and that's 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 my motivation is to make sure that he's protected and safe and happy and, and give him as many opportunities as they can. Well, man, that's what I want to be is protected and safe right. and happy. That's yeah. what everybody wants, right? Right. Adult. I love that question that you said at, at the beginning about your perfect day, because mm-hmm. that's one that I've been hearing lately uh, out in the world and on other podcasts about, you know, how to, because people I think are really struggling with what it, what's their dream life. Because right. Nowadays, jobs are just jobs yeah. a lot of times. You know, they're not, they're, they're not this career satisfaction blossoming of your inner self. Right. you got to figure out for yourself, like, how do you want to spend your day? And what? you can't go, but, you know, I think that when we had our downturn in the economy, it's like, well, you can't just have this motivation. Is it always the money or, are you, or what do you, what's your end goal? Like, what can you actually control? And I think that's the most you can do is try and control you know, when I wake up, I do this, and here's what I do until I go to bed, and try and mm-hmm. control that as much as you can. Yeah, well, that's what a friend of mine was talking about. His definition of success was how much of your day you're in charge of. Right. Where you're doing what you want to do. And, I mean, that's the great thing about stand-up. This job is, like, there's a huge element of want to. There's have to. I mean, once you take a gig, you got to show up for the gig. Exactly. And if everybody's drunk, you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly want to. I want to be doing this. Right. You know, and so that's 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 good news. But, uh, yeah, that's, I guess, to just go back for a second to the hall videos. Yes. And my problem with that is it comes from the Fight Club, which is maybe just a guy movie, but (laughs) Fight Club where they talk about, you know, working all day at jobs that you hate to buy shit that you don't need. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are just on that treadmill without realizing, look, if, if you stop buying shit that you don't need... You wouldn't have to keep working that job that you would hate. Right. And you could start spending more of your day doing things that you want. Right. You know, but that's, that. you know, when I start doing my public speaking and motivational work. <laughs> that would, I mean, that's, that's a value. Yeah. You should work yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. That would be, yeah. lots of people could learn from that. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on my podcast. I don't want to cut it short, but these guys, I think, are chomping at the bits. Oh, yeah, because they have to come in here. Their, yeah, because we're on the pre-show pre-show for the big there's a showcase tonight yes what they told me i didn't realize that last night but the feature spot your spot your time now is going to be i'm splitting it up and all these other people Mm -hmm. but we're still going to have a great weekend yeah and and the people that are all here tonight they're my friends and you're gonna they're really funny yeah yeah well i don't mind the more local comics that i get to see the more i like because i like hanging out with comedians you know so you get to meet more of them 
do you want to say your Twitter? Your Twitter is sure. It's at Miss Shannon, and so it's. But it, the, the hard part about it is that Miss is sound is spelled like it always is, but it's Shannon because my mom decided to get creative. So I'm Shannon with an A. S H A N N A N N N A N. Yes. So there's two N's in the middle. And then there's an A N at the end. A N N A N. Yes. And then is it M I S S S? Yes. So there's so once three you figure yeah so once you figure that out though then it makes it easy because that's that, I'm Miss Shannon on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook so once you get the right Shannon then I show up all then over the place all <laughs> then you're like, then, all it all, then the world is all open so it's and it you know and I so if you wanna you know I I tell goofy jokes on Twitter but I also if you wanna you know I I I, I I have little mini conversations with uh, my little boy who I call Cyclone Kid. That's his social media persona. It's a his Cyclone Kid. Well, he's not on. He's no, not on Twitter. No, no. So yeah, so you're just pretending to talk about him. So when you're talking about your son, that's Cyclone. It's Cyclone Kid. Kid. Yeah. So I talk about our adventures that we have and and, and things like that. So that's fun. And then I talk awesome. about geek stuff. So if you want to know what I think about the fact that James Gunn tweeted out new. Uh, artwork from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie that they just started filming. That's what you get to find if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I love that my daughter. That was the first movie that we went to. My wife and daughter and I were all three of us. Oh, the nice. The, the new one looks cute. It, I think they're they're staying with the same methodology they had in the last one. So you should be happy with it. it yeah, looks like. it was good. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to end with a high five. Are you up for it? Yeah, ready. All right. You want to do a pound too? Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta blow it up. That's exactly. the thing I love about you. You knew that. <laughs> You knew that last night, and you did it again tonight. <laughs> you got to blow it up, people. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening, and uh, don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I've told you that. I mean, you know i got to tell you that. So I told you, don't forget, write it down. What about write it down? Okay, now what? Oh, the song. <laughs>